0: Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech.
1: Well, hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the agreeable
0: Will Curran of Endless Events. Ooh, and that man over there is the available Brand Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. <laughs> nice, nice. Am I available or am I available? <laughs> it reminds me of uh, the, this uh, uh, newsroom episode where like the Mike Tapley goes, I'm available, and just texts him she's like, I'm not interested. And it turns out he was available <laughs> as a, a guest oh, in the future oh, of a Available. Show. You're, You're available, available. Oh, oh, for that yes. segment that I knew was coming.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And we're getting told all the time that people are available for the podcast. So, you know, that's that's good. And so we, we'll be bringing on some more folks here pretty soon. Some more product spotlights, some more interviews. Looking forward to that. But today, we, we want to we got a little spark of a conversation. So there was a great uh, post. It was kind of a LinkedIn post that pointed to another post that brought back to an event MB post that talked about a LinkedIn post. But our good friends, uh, Liz King Caruso and Mahogany Jones, were having a conversation Uh, through these various medias um, uh, about pricing and about transparency and pricing. And so it was a great article worth checking out. We can probably drop a link uh, into the show notes for folks checking it out. And so we wanted to kind of talk to it through our lenses. So what are we seeing here on our end? It was a great topic. So thanks to them for bringing it up. So. Will, you and I, we've talked about transparency in the past. We did a, yep. an episode on it.
0: Yeah, did, uh, did a whole event icons episode about it. We'll make sure to link that down below. Or I'm sure if you just Google transparency event icons, you'll find it. But we uh, you, uh, you basically came on to talk about transparency in AV and the broader events industry. So this is, I think, not a foreign topic to the events industry in right. terms of transparency right. of pricing. Uh, but we figured let's bring down the lens of technology since especially people are spending more of it and more money in it. More recently,
1: and it's something that keeps coming up year after year after year. This is not a new problem. Uh, it sounds like you know, for some people, it might be on the rise, um, but certainly, it's always one that's always been around to a certain extent. Is transparency and pricing, and just f- to recap a little bit of, of of where I came from in that episode, is it's t- to be perfectly honest, it's just easier to be transparent. Like you don't have to worry. You know, one of one of. Um, uh, it's a platform that I really I like, I, I like the people, I like the product, but literally their sales sheet is a page long of all of the different tiers and categories and add-ins and this includes this, but doesn't include this. But then if you have this many people, it's worth this. And if you have this many people, it's worth this. And then if it's worth this many people, it's...
0: Call us and let there us know. You go. Oh, call, cool. call us. <laughs>
1: there's always that. There's always that line on the pricing page. Even if they do have their pricing on the website, that says you know fifty, you know fifty to a hundred people, it's this much. A hundred to two fifty people, it's this much. Over five hundred.
0: Call us, <laughs> <laughs> and and what's funny is that like this isn't necessarily even just a problem for just event technology. I want to make sure that everyone knows that, like this may potentially a, a challenge within SaaS and technology as a whole. Like you know, you look at pretty much like you go to HubSpot for example. It's like it's like oh hey we HubSpot I think does their pricing very transparent. I'm very jealous of them, but they like share so much and they but they eventually get to this point where you you hit an enterprise level and it always says yeah call us on here. Uh, you know for multiple reasons one that usually there's some custom work that's getting involved here but also too you know when they see enterprise they know that hey there's dollars behind this so we don't want to screw this up and you know uh, have too low of a cost which i think is where a lot of this challenge and concern is coming from is like am i getting the same price that someone who has the exact same style of event is getting down the street
1: I don't know. And there's 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 a big difference. There's a there's a there's a, there's a cost difference for the provider when it comes to providing uh, you know 1000 attendees. Versus a hundred thousand attendees, it's not a linear scale. It's not like it, it goes up for them, like you know, a dollar for dollar, you know, in, in AWS servers or things like that. There's a there's a there's a hockey there's a hockey stick curve to this stuff that as you start to get into those higher and higher numbers, the bandwidth required, the throughput required, the server capacity that's required gets significantly faster. And so that's why most of these companies have those kind of if you have over X number of people tiers, unless you're truly a company like Microsoft or something like that, that's figured out we can do this for X number of dollars per employee, you know, when you think about like office pricing or something along those lines, they've figured out how to do that at that level. But for these companies that are ramping, you know, some days it's 2000, some days it's 20,000, some days it's 200,000, depending on the event, very much matters for them internally on their internal costs. Totally.
0: And I and I think we're also thankful that like this has also calmed down, I think, a lot since the beginning of the pandemic. We I think we talked about at the beginning of this, like how ju- and like, you know, March, March, April, May of 2020, we were talking about how it's crazy. Some some of these companies just being wildly different in pricing, charging more. But, you know, I think things are at a much more calmer place where things are about predictability now, too, than anything. So, yeah. Early I, on, I, early on, there was a lot of call us totally. and a lot of
1: price flexibility Um, And we talked about how I think a lot of these companies were keeping their market within, you know, within doable, you know, achievable rates by increasing their price. So rather than scaling too big too fast, they just increased their price to ludicrous heights of, you know, $250,000 for a couple thousand person online event over a couple of days and higher.
0: (laughs) Totally, totally. I wanted to add like a little bit of a caveat in terms of like my perspective that I'm bringing into this and uh, you know I think we talk I talk a little bit about this I think in the event icons episode but you know things have changed definitely since that episode and two things kind of shifted first is that you know um, one well first thing I want to say because I'm going to totally forget to say this is I wish Kyle was here to talk about this because he put together like the (laughs) platform list of a hundred top platforms and he called every single one and got pricing on every single one so maybe we'll update that top 100 uh, platforms list to be able to uh, to have information on who's more transparent, but I think he talks a little bit about like who's easiest to work with. But one interesting thing I think about this perspective is um, A, I'm coming in that we've talked to a lot of event technology companies, but two, in the pandemic, we kind of saw a similar thing that we had a lot of demand come and hit endless as an event management company and come in, you know, Hey, we need this, we need this, but that, you know, I was like something I've been dreaming about for years is I was like, I want a pricing page. I do want it to be like a SaaS company where there's like package A, package B, package C, and then call us for anything bigger. Right. Um, with all options, basically leading to call us no matter what, because we need to talk to you and that's how the events industry has to work, but at least give people an idea of like, if I want to work with endless, does it start at $5,000, $100,000, $5,000, $100,000 or a million dollars, you know. And we thought it, it worked really well for us. A it helped like really bring in qualified leads. It helped people kind of understand at least how much should I be spending when people were just like I don't know, I even know how much I to spend on a virtual or hybrid event. But then, you know, over the course of the last, you know, I think maybe 6 months ago or so, I took the page down because I found it was becoming more of a hindrance because people were thinking that was the only pricing that we had when reality, like we had so like, it got hard because we had so many services available to us. You know, we were doing, you know, the, the hybrid event, the production, we were doing strategy, we were doing management, you know, we were doing branding and I was like, you know, this is just too hard when there's too many services. So again, shout outs to HubSpot because they somehow figured out a way with 45 different million product lines that they can clearly put it on their website. But, You know, I think that's one thing I think that, like, I believe in this idea of transparency, but I also struggle with the idea that sometimes it's really complex and you do need to start to talk to a salesperson. And then this, my last little perspective is that I'm also a business owner. So I also know there's value that when you get someone on a phone, salespeople sell better than a website could ever sell because they can feel nuanced, they can hear your hesitations, they can on the fly think about what to say in response to your hesitation about the price being a thousand dollars. So for example, if it's really expensive, they can say, oh, you know what, maybe I can get a discount. And you Now you're all of a sudden on there. Whereas a website, if it says that's what the price is, they have no chance to retort on there. So that that's where my perspective is very complex in this, but my big theory, my big thought on this, I think is I'm on team transparency because I think transparency helps everything. So anyways, that's I wanted to get that well, out of the way.
1: No, I think it's it's important and so let's let's ride this little wave here a little bit talking about as companies are doing their pricing. Um, and then we can come back a little bit uh, in a little bit to what planners can do to help it with the you know on their side and you know so on the on the on the company side it's absolutely a problem, right? Of riding that fine line. And this was a, this is this is a problem that we've seen in AV uh, mm-hmm. For for decades and decades, where um, you know people, you know, you can't just walk into a hotel and say, you know, how much is my, you know, how much does your event cost? You know, it's <laughs> like, like there's no, there's, you know, that's just not going to work. You know, there's 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 nuances, there's subtle subtle differences between 100 people, 200 people, and 2,000 people. Same with AV, right? You know, as much as the equipment has started to become commoditized to a certain extent services you know so i think that's where it starts to ride the line is when you're providing services versus Mm -hmm. commoditized gear and people want software to be commoditized you know they want to know this is what a platform costs Mm -hmm. but it really is and it's the metaphor that i will continue to drive into the ground you know forever you know your online platform is your in-person venue equivalent Mm -hmm. and so just like You can't walk into the hotel and say, how much does your event cost? You know, that, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. It depends on how big and what you're doing and whether or not you're using catering and whether or not, you know, you're using getting a stage or getting in-house AV, all of that stuff will absolutely determine what your overall cost is going to be. So what I find really helpful, you know, for companies to do, so if we're saying, okay, companies, here's what we'd like you to do is to ride the line somewhere between ballpark pricing. Mm -hmm. And it depends, you know, so not just straight up independent, it depends not just straight up. Here's a pricing sheet, but somewhere in between, like here's, you know, a small to medium sized events is how much this costs a small to medium sized event is how much this costs, you know, one of the, you know, the, where this article track came through was through EventMB. They just most recently released their event technology, uh, technical guide. Um, that's kind of how they phrase it. like for a typical event for Mm -hmm. this many to this many people with all the basic features. How much does it cost? And then, you know, for a large event with all the basic features, how much does it cost? For a small event with all the bells and whistles, how much does it cost? And for a large event with all the bells and whistles, how much does it cost? And between those four things, you can start to get a vibe on what a company's pricing is. And so, you know, writing the line between, okay, we get it it depends every event is different every that's you know it's part of the brand drinking game for crying out loud is anytime brand says it depends that's that's a drink so there's a reason for that so what i would want companies like you and other you know other companies to do is say you know here's an idea of how much the pricing is for this size event you know you know even have a picture on your website or something like that and then you can be a hundred percent clear that you know, hey, this is just an example, it's ballpark pricing, every event is different. That way people aren't feeling locked in to that this is a pricing structure. And I think we can do the same with software, that we have these guardrails, we have these ballparks, um, and the more transparent you can be, um, I think where things start to go off the rails is when you're nickel and diming every single add-on, every single service, every single upgrade, that's when I think people start to feel a little bit like, Whoa! You said it was going to cost this much, but now you added this and added mm-hmm. this and added this and that and this, and we run into that same problem in the in-person world too. It's like, well, you didn't add the ninety-dollar coffee, you didn't add the <laughs> hundred and twenty-dollar flip chart and marker and markers because you added that on site because you didn't plan for it in the
0: beginning. Totally. Uh, one of the things I think that uh, for companies can do too is, uh, you know. Train your sales. Dev- so so when it comes to SaaS companies, their sales uh, organizations are structured very, very similar to each other, right? Like this is the one thing I've totally learned is they're all very, very similar. So the, the, usually when you're first calling a company or you submit a request on the website, you're getting contact by someone called a sales development rep. A sales development rep's job is to qualify you to make sure that you have budget, authority, need, timing. Just Google like what the qualification criteria are and that can help you also put that into the RFP for you in the future. But what their job is to qualify you and then usually just to get you excited enough to hand you over to a salesperson who's gonna build your proposal and everything like that. And usually get handed over to a sales executive, account executive then at that point who's more knowledgeable. I can see a big challenge and we'll talk about what the planners can do on that on their end um, in that process. But the big challenge is SDRs are usually not given a ton of information because uh, you know, it's pretty much an entry level sales job. Their job is like just to know enough about the product to get you excited and and, and not be able to be curious enough to ask you questions. So what ends up happening is you go into that first call, which is a discovery call usually, and they call it a discovery call to to find, and they're just trying to make sure you're qualified. And you're like, so how much does it cost for this feature? I saw this and this, and they're usually like, yo, I don't know that information. Please just like, you know, uh, Please just let me ask your questions and then I'll t- let you talk to someone else, right? Um, and so what I think is helpful for companies is educate your SDRs to know as much as possible. And I admit like Endless can always do a better job at this, but again, the SDR is hard for them to know as much as a sales executive does because the sales executive is working with you on you know, every little feature you want, building out your proposal, everything like that. But as companies, educate your SDRs as much as possible, but also too like be prepared that if it's, people are asking very complex hot, like very like technical questions and they're very experienced and, you, and as planners, we can do this is that like, That person's probably qualified, get them over to the sales executive or try to qualify them before the call through the questions you ask and then have a sales executive with the SDR. Sure, it might suck up two people's time for that one hour call, but you're gonna help the planner get more information ahead of time. And I think that can like help make things a little bit easier. So just be aware as planners that like these sales structures exist and yes, companies can do a better job educating their SDRs and you know, building better processes. But at the same time too, like just be prepared that you might end up getting some who is sole job is to qualify you? So, uh, I'll, I'll one more thing, and then I'll <laughs> shut up. Um, is like I, I'm when I'm reaching out to software that's not events industry related. When I know I'm about to get re- like I submit an inquiry. For example, we we're looking for a tool that automatically calculates sales commissions for our sales reps and things like that. I submitted a request and I know I'm going to get an SDR because they're, they're like, hey, I don't know anything about this endless events company. They look, their website looks nice, but I don't know if there are a thousand employees, 200 employees, whatever it may look like. And so what I know is I'm going to get an SDR. So you know what I do is I hop in that conversation and I go, here's all the information here." I'd be really, really cl- concise. And I say, can you please get me in charge of somebody who knows their stuff? And I try to get moved into that process. but. I'm getting into the what planner. No, do yeah, that part.
1: that's that's a great tip for for the planner side. I think just to, to round out the company side. So one, you know, easier and simpler is always better. You know, so that's that's my huge thing. You know, you should be able to, you should at least be able to explain roughly what your pricing yes. is without you know without giant spreadsheets of of stuff. <laughs> um, uh two you know the, i think you, the point that you bring up uh is, is on sdr side right sdr yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sales development what, rep, what does that yeah, stand for
0: yeah. again a uh, sales development rep
1: and uh, you, know, you said so it wasn't jargon jail it just <laughs> went, it went it went in one year and out the other um is so one yeah educate them i think you know i would i would imagine well you'd be it'd be relatively easy for you to come up with a a loose ballpark chart, you know, 100%. just a like, you know, this size to this size, you know, small, medium, and large. This size to this size, small, medium, and large. It would take up, you know, eight cells of a spreadsheet. You know, totally, be able totally. to be able to do that. And I so so arm yeah, arm your SDRs with ballpark basic pricing. But then also be because people might not be familiar with that sales tool. You're you're in the software world. Way more, I think, than most people are. Will, because you're 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 active as a business owner. You're mm-hmm. actively looking at different types of software for you for your company, and have always been in that process as long as I've known you. Mm-hmm. So, pe- for people who understand as a company, people might might not be familiar with that. And so, yeah. one of the things that uh, Mahogany and Liz mentioned is that they felt like sometimes they'd get on this whole call and then you get to the end and and then they wouldn't be able to get pricing. Oh, I'm going to have to put you in touch with sales. Yeah. So it sounds like that kind of call. So so yeah. I think you know, be transparent with your prospective clients as well to say, Hey, the first thing we're going to do is hop on a call. We can give you a real quick demo of the platform, but you know, just a real super introduction. It's not going to be heavy about pricing or anything like that because we just want to find out more about you. So being honest and open on that side and then keep those calls as short as it possibly can. So it's not a big waste of time because they'll probably know pretty darn quick. Is this a big fish, little fish, medium fish, or don't waste our time on both sides of the equation, both the planner and The company person. So being open and transparent about what that call is, Mm -hmm. and uh, so that then people don't feel like, well, I just, I I, uh, I did this whole thing, and now I don't even get to know whether or not I want to pay, you know, how much it's going to cost, you know, that kind of thing. So just, uh, I think that pretty much covers that side of it. Is there anything else that companies could be doing better other than? Flat rate pricing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, I actually agree with you. Like being transparent about the type of the call, like that probably would relieve, like, and what's funny is that's not transparency of pricing. That's just, alignment of like what's going to happen like we set, have it set that when we ha- you request a quote from us it immediately says like here's what that first call is going to be and here's the expectations you can have with us right you're not like the sales executive holds the keys to the castle when it comes to specific pricing but you're I'm saying right yeah and i think that setting expectations is the, i think yeah, the key word yeah, there exactly exactly and uh, so and i think you bring up a really good point too is that like i don't think the solution here is that everybody needs to have flat rate quickly accessible pricing because here's the one thing I'll say that this gets me on my rant horse. Our industry is complaining all the time about how everything's so commo- getting commoditized and how, you know, and we're all moving towards this way of commoditization. Well, you literally are saying you want to take one large chunk of the industry and commoditize it hundred <laughs> percent. So you you either have, to have your cake and eat it too. It's either you want to be, you know, not commoditized and you want to have this consultative, it's all in our brains, you know, stay out of my industry, or it's, we're gonna streamline everything that's gonna be commoditized. So, like, you know, that's one thing I think we have to as planners also remember is that our industry doesn't want to be commoditized. So everybody's always gonna be leaning in towards this, like it's complex, it's confusing, all these things like that. So sometimes yeah, if just someone keep comes to me and
1: says, Brent, how much do you cost? <laughs> the answer for the most part is it depends on what you're trying to do. Now I can I've got rough hourly rates that I can drop in and, and give you an idea, but it's gonna very much t- depend on totally. What what are we going to do together? I don't know. Let's let, let's talk about that before we go. So it's absolutely riding the line. I've personally been the victim of my own hypocrisy when it comes into this department. I am my own worst nightmare from an AV standpoint. Um, you, know, you know, rolling in. I want to I want to run from the stage. I need an HDMI. right to, You know, just, just my own worst nightmare. I'm changing stuff the night before. You know, just absolutely. So yeah, I think. But it's good to point out our own our own foibles sometimes. That yes, we well, here we are are <laughs> How dare we commoditize the event industry? And yet, oh by the way, just tell me
0: exactly how much things are going to cost from from day one. Just make my life easier, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that's good. I think we can transition towards like what can planners do because, like, yeah. let's be honest too, it's harder to change have the the processes change within a mu- multi million dollar event technology company and the in- the whole industry change. But what we can do is, I bet you there's planners listening to this right now that can walk away with some stuff that we can give you um, on there too. So, do we want to dive on into it? Should I a- absolutely? Kick us off?
1: And I think it's it's a hundred percent fair to say that there can be, absolutely be giant red flags when it yes. comes to this stuff. That, that when when people are being too cagey, won't give you any ballpark pricing. There's nothing on the website. Everything is "call us now." Um, you know, there's there is no there is no basic plan. There is no medium plan. There is no you know. It's there's a spreadsheet full of stuff. It's, it can absolutely be a red flag, and it definitely is for me. That if I'm getting too much. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. It you know, I always it always reminds me there was a uh, there was a sketchy um music shop in in my hometown mm-hmm. and like where you would buy like used musical gear. Yeah, right. Yeah, like a used so, guitar. Yeah. So you'd roll in and I'd be like, So how much is, there's no price tags on anything. Right. And so you'd roll in, and you'd go, How much is that amplifier? And he'd say he'd be like, uh, how much you want to pay? Oh. <laughs> and I'd be like, Um, I don't know, fifty bucks. He's like, oh, I can't let it go for that.
0: And then never, like, okay. falls yeah. on my, so, you're, so
1: you're then like, you're like, OK. Uh, how much is it then? Because uh, how much mm. you want to pay? 100 bucks? I can't let it go, <laughs> which would be so maddening. And so like, and that was oh a huge gosh. red flag for me, because it's like, wait, you don't know how much you want for this, or you can't tell me how much you want for this? Yeah. Which means you're waiting for me to give you a number that you like, um, and, and you're willing to go for that, which is really sketch, really, really sketch. And so unfortunately, we did see a lot of that i think at the beginning of the you know beginning of the pandemic where it'd be like well how much does this cost how much you want to pay for it? I I don't know if it's $10,000. No, we can't do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me a lot of like used car salesman stuff too, right? Like doing Foursquare where they basically like, are like, here's your interest rate, here's your down payment, here's how much the car costs. And then they're just constantly changing things around. Like that's something you also have to be careful of too, is like when you're looking at these proposals, like numbers kind of shifting around, um, on there too. And, and, and yeah, like, and I think there's a difference between like, Oh, let me like, cause, so one of the things I think about is like from our experience with an endless is like, we're we're dealing with like a thousand different variables and you know, we're quoting out sometimes things that we don't own. So we have to then go out and get some additional pricing and we're verifying our, Hey, is this enough time for us to do this, scoping it out and things like that. So you want to be like, you know, that's I think reasonable, but you have to be transparent in the front that that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a very detailed proposal and things like that, which on the event technology side though, you don't think that's as much right. Like it's, you know, you know, how much, how much money you need to make. This is what your pricing is generally set towards. It's a little bit more consistent than, Oh, hey, I need to like, f- you're not going to AWS and being like, so how much are you gonna charge me for bandwidth for this event, right? They're like, okay, I know this is gonna about take up this much and things like that. So I think there is some, some, some awareness that eh, there is some sketchy people out there for sure. Yeah, so. absolutely. So it, it can absolutely be a red flag if you're getting too many
1: things. The other side of it is being really clear, again, we talk about this in the AV world, of trying as best as you can to know you usually know how many piece, you know, we usually have a keynote speaker and then we have a panel and then we have, yes. you know, th- eight breakouts so that you know, you know roughly how many microphones you're going to need and things like that pretty early on. And so same kind of thing with our online events and our virtual platforms is you, you, you know a lot at the beginning and being really clear about that, what, what you know, so that you're not getting bit with more, you know, it was, it was at one of the recent events I was speaking at the, the person said that they, um, they asked their, their platform, do you have gamification? And they were like, yes, yes we do. But it wound up being something that they couldn't turn on until the day of their event. So there was no oh, way to turn it on in advance it. so that they could do, no, it's just so that they could get like get some excitement going, little engagement, uh, it, yeah. wasn't like, it, was, it wasn't a game that they could start two weeks before the event, it was something that could only be done during the event. And so some of it, is about that kind of communication of like you can't just say do you have feature X you know really digging into when you know when can we do that can we do that if if you want to turn these features on in advance of the event you need to know that is that even possible is that doable kind of thing and so being it's it's kind of a transparency on both sides so taking what you do know um, and and pushing it out there I, you know mostly that was just an unpleasant situation you know they didn't think to tell them they didn't think to tell them and so you know it didn't yeah, you yeah, know yeah. It didn't it worked out to nobody's happiness so so taking what you do know though and giving them as much information as possible and then mm-hmm. looking for the weird upcharges you know, the mm-hmm. like, oh yes, we do this, but it's not included in the base package. Yes, we can do this, but it's not included. And again, it's another one of those things that we see in AV all the time where like, oh no, that didn't include that. Well, that didn't include labor, or that didn't include yeah. uh, consumables, like tape and things, you know, th- those are extra charges. So totally. watching out for weird extra upcharges uh, of, of features and
0: functionality uh, is another one of the red flags. Uh, yeah, I think it's 100% a really great point. Like, I, I I think, like, just to solidify everybody, like, brand's point of, like, coming with more information is going to help you out a ton. So, um, you know, if you come with a ton of information, you're going to be able to be more solidified, right? Like, I Like, for example, one of my favorite things in the AV world used to be, like, just give me the quote you had from last year. Or give me the quote that from the other company you're quoting, quote, and I'll literally make it apples to apples. And you'll notice it doesn't even need a call. It, one call would be great. Can I walk you through this and tell you what's wrong maybe in the other quote that you had? I don't even need to see pricing. Like, just show me the exact scope, right? So I think that's one thing, too, is that we're in a world where, like, things are described differently by different companies. It might be gamification one. It might be just audience engagement features to another. So something to kind of keep in mind. But the more information that you come, like, boom, that's, like, your biggest asset to getting pricing faster and get more accurate pricing is just come with more information on there too otherwise you're going to need lots of calls for us to to diagnose what your needs are um and then you bring up this the 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 other point too of like you know like coming with more information so my my tip for planners when it comes to like expediting this whole process is and i was kind of hinting at this with like hey sdr's like process and everything like that if you come to that first call and you know it's going to be an sdr You know, even before you take the call, if you say like, hey, I want to know about pricing, I have all this information, tell them that before the call right like if if, for example if you're demanding that you get pricing by the first call you need to start laying that expectation right but here's the thing that's going to end up happening is sdr is going to say like okay well i need to qualify you first so then again if you come with more information though like you know what your budget is you know that you know the event's actually going to happen you know like all the things that you like kind of take for granted that as an experienced planner you already know you can expedite that process and sometimes even skip the SDR because you're so qualified, you're so well aware of what their, pro- their features are and what you want that literally you just want to jump in the pricing conversation. You can sometimes expedite that a ton, but you have to r- grab control of that conversation and not just let them sell you through. Because if you go passively, they're going to passively take you through the process and fall into their existing processes as a business.
1: Yeah, and I've absolutely been in the position where that system has failed. Where I was reaching out to try and get pricing and get more information about a company, and nobody called me back. Oh, that's the worst. And yeah. Nobody, you know, nobody emailed me back, and nobody, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's, it's, and that's very frustrating. And I've know mm-hmm. a lot of planners have wound up in that situation as well, where they get lost in the sales cycle mm-hmm. somewhere along along the way. You know, with an, with the extra socks, you know, somewhere that you can just kind of get. <laughs> it was talking about some- in there.
0: Kyle said something like it was 40% of the platforms that he evaluated for the top 100 list didn't even respond to him. Yeah, and it's and it's not like endless is like an unknown we don't like you know that we're we're in the industry we're kind of everywhere right especially in the vent technology space like the fact we just never got an email and i think he re- reached out like multiple times too tried calling all and i think we did a whole episode about, yeah. well, about my, yeah, my, whole, like, my
1: room diagramming white paper that just came out for smart meetings uh, i think it was 10 platforms
0: that i looked at for room diagramming two of them didn't call me back so it's know, crazy it's one in yeah. five yeah. And so and that's also adds into the frustration of the pricing because you're like I just I might just literally sign up for your tool and want to use it but you know I think it's uh yeah it's it's a hard game on there too like you know these companies want to be regimented with how their sales process is but then you know they get the customer sometimes gets left behind in in some ways. Um, okay. So back to, to more transparency and pricing, what planners can do on here too. We talked about more information. We talked about like commanding the sales process on here too. Um, I think the other thing too, is like, let's be honest, like, I think we might've even talked about this a bit on the, the icon's episode. it's like transparency also goes two ways too. So like one of the hard things I think that as a planner to swallow sometimes is that, yes, you don't want to give up your budget if they're really sketchy and all these things like that, because then they're going to just fill your budget to the top. But some companies won't do that, too. So like, for example, at Endless, like we demand, we're like, please give us your budget. Tell us how much you want to spend, because we don't know if you're ready to spend a million dollars on an event or if you're literally on your first time doing this and it's a hundred dollars. The, the difference, though, again, is that when we can look up the pictures of the past conference, we can get some ideas of cost and what you've done before. But, you know, if you don't share that pricing and we don't know who you are, it also can lead to us then being like, well, we need to like suss this out and take our time. And it becomes very almost adversarial. Like we're all checking each other's work sort of thing. So I think that's one tip I have too, but Brent, go ahead. No, it's, 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 it's a perfectly
1: valid point. It's another one that I a hundred percent admit I've been hypocritical about where, (laughs) you know, I go to an AV company and you know, I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily, so I'll be honest. What I do is I, I knock it down, knowing that there's going to be contingencies, knowing that there's going to be things that crop up, I'll usually give a bid that's, say, $20,000 less than what my actual budget is. Nice. Um, but I still just give them something, just so that they know what ballpark we're in again just that we're you know i've got my i've got my i know what the actual budget is number but then there's the budget that i'm hoping we can get it for Mm -hmm. um and you know i usually judge part of my worth in knowing that i'm getting the av for the best possible price and so setting those expectations a little bit lower than what i know i've got helps with that right out of the gate so finding a you know somewhat of a line of just so that they have some idea of what ballpark you're, you know, your budget in. I agree completely that transparency goes both ways in in both of those directions, and it's a fear. It's a fear in AV. It's a fear in in SaaS. Like you know, of like, okay, great, but there has to be a little bit of trust on both sides uh, of these kinds of things, and it comes with education. It comes with knowledge, and um, it's. Uh, it's it comes with trust. It comes with it comes mm-hmm. with getting to know people and getting to know um, your salesperson and the folks that are working on your events and and having some confidence that they're not <laughs>
0: pulling, the, <laughs> pulling the wool over pull, your pull, eyes. Pulling the wool over. Yeah. What What's interesting, too, is I'm reading through some of the kind of the comments on LinkedIn about this topic and just I want to get uh, understand exactly what people were thinking about. And it seems like. Two of the biggest challenges is people don't want to sit through a demo to get pricing. So, if yeah. you don't want that, uh, to back to the what planners can do, yep. just say you don't want a demo. I've, I see the screenshots. I'm comfortable with that right now. I need to understand the rough cost to you know before I move forward and do a demo. Um, and I think the other thing too is that like when lo- looking at this, they talk about like here's another tip for for planners that they talk about here too is like. You need to differentiate yourself beyond just the sales process and, and everything that you got going on and that's understandable that like planners are like hey like you know if you need a demo and that's literally the only thing you can do to close a deal moving forward you know it, it's really really hard but at the same time too like as companies we if you're not if someone's not willing to sit through a demo and things like that i also question too like how much are you willing to like how much do you really want to work with me right and you talk we talk about how companies are sometimes in demand so much that these clients they, they sometimes can turn people away to say like we're really busy in september and that's honestly this was a random thought that i had that i totally am now recovering is the difference between us as the events industry to event technology and sas which i'm talking about like sales commission tool is that we have a very specific demand that's very time sensitive and so the thing to keep in mind with a lot of this is this is all great we can compare it to the rest of the event, the technology world but we at the same time, too. They also, if they have 25 events on the same day, they have the ability to say, No, I don't want to work with this. And if you're not willing to sit through a demo, well, how much do you really want to work with us? And I'm not gonna lie, as a business owner, I'd rather work with people who want to work with me rather than people who are commoditizing me and I'm just another bid to. So, another perspective to kind of think about on that, too. Amen. Amen. I think the last thing that I'd throw out on the
1: planner side is kind of where we started, where we started about this idea of maybe falling into the bucket of, you know, the enterprise pricing, the like call us pricing and, you know, being able to go down that road. So this is, you know, bringing, bringing everything full circle back to the metaphor of the in-person venue and all of that kind of stuff that, you know, what I'm always telling my in-person clients with av and hotels and venues and things like that is that you know you actually have a lot more power than you think you do Mm -hmm. and I know it's been different. I know these companies have been making hand over fist for the last two years. That's starting to change. You know, we're over mm-hmm. the hump at this mm-hmm. point. and so those decadent incomes uh, that were coming in early on are starting to shift. And so the power is starting to go into your hands. So if you're bringing a hundred thousand person online event to their platform, the power is in your hands to say, I need concessions from you not like not to get charged ridiculously more because I'm bringing a hundred thousand people I need less pricing because I'm bringing mm-hmm. in so many people so if your low tier is you know a hundred bucks for 50 people you know I want lower than that per person pricing okay. for my hundred thousand person uh, you know event not higher yes. and because because when we look at our in-person venues that's when the that's where the Big concessions come from the venues, right? That's when they're they're throwing in the Wi-Fi, they're yeah. throwing in, you know, budgets for food and alcohol, they're throwing in the, you know, they're they're throwing away the resort fee. You know, all of that stuff starts to go away when you say I've got a hundred thousand person event coming to your hotel. Yes. <clears throat> so I mean, so just bear in mind that you're you, you sometimes when you're the big fish, you've got a lot more power than you think
0: you do. And even maybe a little bit of the medium fish as we start to come over this hump. Totally. So I'll share an inside secret. So if you've made this far in the podcast, you're a true lover of the Ventech podcast. So I'll, I'll share an inside secret here on on here, too. Um, so we, we were we were working on negotiating something with related to our software costs. And this is like a big part of like endless is like our negotiation and our leverage that we have is sometimes really, really big. But they came back. A software company came back to us that we had been working with for a while. I'll Avoid saying names because I'm sure some of them listen to these podcasts, but we we said hey this is what we need and they came back with a certain amount of pricing and we're like okay great and my cfo was like that's so high oh my gosh no like we did you try and negotiate yeah we were trying to negotiate we like got all the features we need this is everything this is the lowest price and he basically just said do we need it right now? And they're like, no, we're just like trying to get this solidified that, you know, uh, I won't reveal what the pricing model was, but it didn't like necessarily need to be done. And it was something that was gonna last a year long. And we've talked about community model and how all companies are shifting towards that, right? And your point of that, they were getting a little bit more desperate now than they used to be. So we, he was just like, if we don't need it right now, let's wait. He wait, so a month went by and they're like, they're following up again. They wanna know if we're gonna sign a proposal. And he's like, did they change their pricing? like, no. you are like, ask them if they'll change their pricing asked again price dropped like just not even like negotiate it was just like hey can we get an update proposal? it's been a month or so since we got it. then he's like but do, we, do we still need it right now he's like what's the, the the deadline what's the last time that we need to like absolutely need this by he's like he's like ask him on that day and he's like watch what will happen so literally was like no we're you know we have, we'll have to get back to you then the month went by and we we're like hey we're interested in, you know, and doing this. We gotta get this rocking and rolling. But we want up to update a proposal. The price dropped again. And so like just a reminder that these companies and this is what probably is making everyone angry in the industry is like if you look at it and go like, Well, why the hell were you charging me that much? It's because they could have. And if you were yep. if you didn't take your time and you were not patient and you were not willing to walk away, then you would have gotten stuck with that pricing. That's that's amen. You got to be able to walk away. It's why it's so important and
1: this is what we've been saying for about AV bids since we started this podcast. <laughs> is why it's so important to get multiple bids, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to use the in-house, you got to get third-party bids too. You know, you can you can use that and say that's why in when I do a round of AV bids there's usually the first round. There's usually the second round where we forgot a bunch of stuff. There's usually the third round. And then there's the, okay, folks, I need best and final. And just so you know, here's what the other folks are doing too. Yes. So like, you know, here's the range. We want to go with you, but I can get it over here for significantly less. And you know, it's, that sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's dangerous. Yeah. But you know, at the very least, it's one more chance to say, I need best and final. Uh, Sharpen your pencils,
0: they yep. say. and you
1: can't and you can't do that if you don't have anything to compare it to. If mm-hmm. you don't know what your other options are and you don't know what they're charging, um, then it's hard, very hard to go.
0: Okay, I need best and final, and know that you're getting anything out of it. It's true. So I add one more tip. I think for people for 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 everyone who's um, on purchasing event tech, I should probably stop using word tech planners because it. Anyone could be buying event tech these days, right? But, um, you know, if you're buying event tech, the the other thing that you have to keep in mind, too, is that... Just be always prepared to the price is going to go up the next year and costs are going to inflate it, especially right now in 2022 where inflation's really high. People are really concerned about how we're going to get on here, you know, and again, companies are trying to grow. So they're trying to, you know, if they can get one, all their current customers to spend just 10 percent more, you know, their whole company can grow 10 percent, you know. So something to keep in mind, though, is that pricing is going to sometimes increase year to year. Put that in your financial models of your events, people. Like, Just be prepared for costs to go up year after year, but don't get angry. and Consider it not transparent, air quotes, that they all of a sudden prices are going up year after year. Everybody's trying to make more money. Costs are going up. People are uncertain about how things are gonna be. And again, you still have all those things we've talked about for the last, you know, what's been 20, 30 minutes or so in the podcast as your potential and you have the ability to negotiate, but just be prepared. Put it in your budget that costs are gonna go up, please. I think you
1: know. I think it's great. I think it's it's further it's further uh, evidence of transparency goes both ways. And so I think, uh, I think the more that we can have these conversations, you know, so the more that we have these conversations with each other, and the more that we have these conversations with our vendors. So I mean, thank you, Liz. Thank you, Mahogany, for bringing these important mm-hmm. questions to you know to the forefront. Um, it's definitely worth having these discussions so that we know. What's happening with everybody else? Or are you getting this? Are you getting transparent? Are things going up? Are things going down? Um, you know, look at those. You know, look at those uh, event app uh, guides uh, mm-hmm. to see. You know, if they have historical pricing. You know, going back. Are things going up? Are things going down? Um, uh, where? You know, where are things settling into? You know, for, <laughs> as far as for, you know, are, are we over the hump or are things going back up? You know, we complained a lot about not having enough customer service, so they went out and hired a bunch <laughs> of customer service people. Don't be surprised if they raise their price. <laughs> right? so, it's, true. it's true or
0: they, they ask you a million questions to understand right. how much customer service you really need. Right. Right. <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. Or,
1: uh, you know, I was talking to someone today who, you know, platform X um, keeps getting, you know, their their whole pitch is we are cheap and therefore you do it yourself. And so this person has found a nice niche of setting up that platform for people <laughs> because they don't want to do it themselves. So they're paying someone yeah to set up their cheap platform yeah for, yeah for that, that sometimes yeah.
0: can work well right like there's there's people who's they're like i'm a squarespace designer exactly and, and They're like squarespace whole thing is like you don't need a web designer you can build it on your own but then people are like well i like squarespace and the way it looks but and how cheap it is but i don't want to do i don't want to do it. <laughs> exactly all right anything
1: else we want to throw at this thing or are we have we done it have we I think we're good but
0: I I know this is controversial so I yeah. know people out there are listening and are yeah. probably have their own thoughts we miss something I'm sure that some of the people who are participating online talking about this or you know things like that Reach out to us, event podcast at helloenless.com, shoot us an email, and we'll we can do part two of this conversation. We can do part Absolutely. three. Like like Brand said, we got to continue this conversation in the public. And you know, that's why we thought it would be really cool to do an episode about this. So. if
1: there were easy answers, this podcast would have been five minutes long. <laughs> and one episode. That's <laughs> right. Yes, one episode. Not, not multiple. Episodes. So it's there are no easy answers to this thing. All we can do is continue to be honest with each other, continue to talk with each other in the vendor partner relationship between planners and vendors and suppliers and the people who aren't planners that are our planners you know like my wife who is not an event planner but she's an event planner (laughs) you know all of these kinds of folks we
0: all just need to keep talking to each other I agree I agree Brant it's it's always such a pleasure getting to talk with you and I've always been impressed by how much you know about the transparent and talk about the transparency stuff because you've been doing this so long and purchasing you know event technology for much longer than I've ever even been in the industry so you know I I always appreciate having you and uh, talking about everything
1: it's always fun time doing it.
0: <laughs> I love it. All right, should we should we send everybody off? To, Let's to, send them off. <sighs> Thanks everybody for joining us today, Prant, audience. I'm gonna get out of here. I'm I, I just I'm just too jazzed. Thanks to everybody for joining us. <laughs> Event Tech out. Event Tech out. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.